The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. You're more impinging podcasts from pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is March 9th. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. We have Jose Quintana with his rib injury. I didn't really talk about it yesterday. Tyler McGill and David Peterson are going to be fighting for that spot. I think it's going to be David Peterson. Tyler McGill was lower in velocity. Peterson has looked generally good. Even though his last start, he went through 30 pitches and he gets a single breaking ball whiff, which was very strange. If McGill is throwing harder um, in his future spring training starts and actually stretched out, that might be time to go after Tyler McGill, especially if Peterson isn't getting those breaking ball whiffs again. So monitor that one. I'm not jumping in quite uh, right at the beginning, um, but it is a good start at the beginning of the year against the Marlins, theoretically. Just monitor that. It could be a good stream the first week of the season. The bigger news is Carlos Rodon having a mild forearm strain. He's not throwing for 7 to 10 days is what they report. So there's a lot of thoughts I have about this. Uh, First and foremost, I tweeted out the uh, the 300 to 400 inning honeymoon after post TJS that Jeff Zimmerman talks about. Boy, does that feel like it's accurate because you have Carlos Rodon coming back in 2021 for about 134 innings or so. And then you have 178 the next year, which tallies about 310. And. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is the season after that, and here he is with a mild forearm strain. Cashman's trying to say, no, 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 there's no UCL worry. He had something like this in May of last year, and uh, he was fine. So we just want to be ultra cautious with it. I hope that is the case. I want to remain optimistic that the Yankees would not have signed this contract with knowledge that they think he was going to get a UCL tear this year. That said, that honeymoon does scare me. Any sort of forearm strain scares me in drafts, but it's also going to scare everybody else. And I wonder if you should still be chasing Carlos Rodon around SP 25 to 30. And as I'm going to be updating my list next week, I'm going to be grouping and be more aggressive on Kershaw and Lynn and Blake Snell and Severino, these guys that we have inning question marks after the in, uh, the Aces of Dubs, and that is around like 20, SP23. Musgrove is going to be there in, as well. And Musgrove kind of was already at like SP24 for me. I think actually he's going to still kind of be around where he was for me. So you have like George Kirby, fine, and Nestor Cortez, who I like a little bit more. And Fra- Framber Valdez, okay. 
But then I think I'm pushing Logan Webb past it. I'm pushing Hunter Green past it. And I think Rodon is going to be in that same vein. I'm going to be encouraged to actually be drafting, I think, still Carlos Rodon, especially at this discount. Uh, because it does seem like it does seem like he's going to be pitching about 130, 140 innings, and it's going to be of ace ability. So something to heavily consider for your drafts. I don't know exactly where he's going to stand. Injuries are always weird about it. But if you think last year to Zach Wheeler being pushed down because of his shoulder stuff, and he pitched 150 innings this last last year, and you were really happy with that. Um, and he had a forearm strain for about a month or so, and it was still really, really good. Um, something to consider uh, when you're doing your drafts. I will have... More updates on this throughout spring training. I'm sure we'll see Rodon before the start of the season. And right before the season starts, I'm sure he'll shoot back up ADP. But you might be seeing in your Yahoo and ESPN drafts the ADP being low on Rodon when you're drafting that Monday or Tuesday. And you might be able to go against what you see in those uh, in those ADP things for Yahoo and ESPN and CBS and Fantrax and whatnot. Keep all of that in mind. It's fun stuff. Okay. What happened yesterday? Well, we had Justin Steele allow 300 runs and two walks in 2.1 innings. I'm still out there. Kyle Muller isn't doing enough, in my view, to earn the SB number five. But maybe Waldachuk and Sears aren't either. So keep watching that one. He's doing 3.2 innings of 200 runs, five hits, one walk, and 3K. Um, Jose Arquiti pitched, not for the Astros, but during the WBC. Three innings of 300 runs, five hits, one walk. I'm out on Arcady. He had 91, 93 mile per hour velocity over the weekend. Um, when I saw him pitch in, in Florida, I'm scared of that. Zach Plesak went uh, three innings, zero runs, one hit, two walks, one K. He has the job, so that's all that matters. Bryce Wilson, by the way, I know it's Bryce Wilson. Adrian Hauser won in this game, started three innings, one run, whatever, I don't care. Bryce Wilson now has gone 5.2 innings, zero runs, 7Ks, zero walks in three games. It's just kind of interesting considering that um, Aaron Ashby is not the SP5 for the Brewers. Maybe Bryce Wilson beats out Adrian Hauser somehow and he has 7Ks and zero walks in 5.2 innings. We're not doing this. I just wanted to note that one. Uh, Ranger Suarez went 1.2 innings, one run, three hits, two walks, and three Ks. Don't really care about this. Uh, I know some people are saying that, hey, Ranger Suarez did really well after May last year. Yeah, I don't think you need to chase it whatsoever. He's not going to be that impact play. I mean, sure, you could say that the Phillies offense is better. The defense may be a little bit better. I'm not interested in Ranger Suarez. I just don't think his stuff is good enough in the arsenal in full. And Miles Michaelis, 2.2 innings, 200 runs, 0 walks, 2Ks for the U.S. against the Giants, while what's more interesting to me is Tony Disco going against this massive dream team offense for the U.S. Three innings, one hit, zero walks, two uh, uh, zero earned runs, two walks, one K. He survived against them. Something to think about there. Tony Disco is the SP6 for the Giants at the moment. I imagine we're going to see some starts from him this year. A hefty amount considering the injury-laden rotation in San Francisco. He will be a discount at some point especially for your NL-only leagues. There are a lot of other guys to talk about. We're going to talk about all of those after this break. Kyle Gibson, three innings, zero under runs, two hits, one, zero walks, I should say, two Ks. Seems like the slider, really should say sweeper is better. Curious to see how that plays out this year. Chase Silseth is fighting for the SP6 spot. I think it's an interesting call with, uh, or an interesting battle 
with Griffin Canning also in the mix there, and Jose Suarez. Uh, four innings, one earned run, three hits, zero walks, five Ks, all on the splitter as I watched the, the strikeout highlight there. He apparently has a new cutter. Mm, something to look into, considering that the, the splitter was a reason for the strikeouts. I'm not really leaning in on this, because when the splitter is off, which we've seen a lot last year, he's not very good. Maybe the cutter is the nullifier. I don't think it is. Uh, Julio Tejeron is trying to get the SB6 spot for the Padres. So is Brent Honeywell. Honeywell won three innings, two earned runs, four hits, zero walks, two Ks. Not too impressive. Tehran won four innings, three earned runs, six hits, zero walks, three Ks. Honestly, I still think it's going to be Tehran there. Luke Weaver survived and don't really care. Max Scherzer has his velocity back to normal, so Ace is going to ace. Braxton Garrett has been all right. His sliders were down. He's the SB6 in Miami. Don't trust. I don't. I don't want to draft him in my leagues. Chad Cool was blech, and it's just so unfortunate considering that if he was in a really good organization for development, maybe they could squeeze something out of him. Eduardo Rodriguez, I've been calling him a sleeper. He did really well, 3.1 innings, 0 runs, 6 Ks, but it was against the Nationals who do not have a good offense, and his velocity is back down to 91.5. And I was really excited because it was 93 and never sat 93 before, but now it's down to 91.5 as he gets stretched out a little bit more. Unfortunate. Garrett Cole's looking incredible. He's going to be my SP1 instead of Burns uh, when I do my update of the list on Monday. Uh, Bailey Ober, he's throwing harder, but it was over 20 pitches, so he likely aired that one out. Uh, Alc Manoa is sitting a tick down, if not more, on, on his repertoire right now. Well, maybe 1.5 ticks down. Forcing location was impeccable, but only 2 out of, 20, 11, uh, two out of 11 slider whiffs. And his sinker location wasn't good, and that was the biggest, bigger question mark, I think, for me with Manoa is, is that sinker location going to be back? Because he did struggle with that decent amount last year. The four-seamer never labored. So I want to see that a little bit better. Hopefully the velocity comes back as he you know, stretches out through this spring. He is coming off of 190-plus innings, so he might be trying to take it a little slow right now. John Gray, he's down 1.5 ticks to 94 and change, and... I'm kind of out on John Gray. It's a really good slider. Good location on this one. Not too many whiffs, but location was really good. But fastball is not elite. And if you know my rule with two-pitch pitchers, because that's essentially what John Gray is, you need to have two excellent pitches, and the four-seamer's fine. It's not excellent. Even at 96, it was still a sub-10% swing strike rate last year. So I'm out on John Gray. Uh, Brad Keller, three innings, zero and runs, one hit, zero walks, and four Ks. He might have that spot against uh, in the sorry for the Royals um, in the rotation, but I don't really think there's much to love there. Even though he four Ks and zero walks against the White Sox, but what's more interesting is the other side. Dylan Cease, eleven earned runs. What? So we watched this as a crew here on Twitch, and uh, two things to note: one, first inning he was going fastball curveball, and that's by design in the spring to work on those things. Cease does not do that. He's like a forty plus percent slider usage guy and he was going out of his way not to do that in clear scenarios where he would have and I've said this before a slider is far and away his best pitch and the others are kind of lagging behind it kind of goes against my two pitch rule but the curve and fastball have done enough to make that okay because he's not just pure two pitch he's four seamer and curveball as well and so just using those two he got into some mess in in the first inning so finally he tried to go to a slider in situations when he would, and he didn't have feel for it because he hadn't thrown any of it. And that messed him up, and then he threw an 0-1 pitch that should have been a slider, down and in to Massey, 
But it was a fastball down and in. And it was knocked out for a grand slam. That should have been a slider in so many ways. If Massey's swinging an inside and down and in fastball, like that would be a slider and a whiff. It, it just bothered me. So fine. Cease comes out the next inning. He says, you know what? I'm going to actually do my real approach. I'm going to throw sliders. And he didn't have his command. <laughs> and he got a lace for more. So I see that as a just, all right, it's the spring messing around with stuff. Not really a true I'm here and I'm going to dominate kind of game. I mean, he got pulled out of the first inning and then returned for the second and still didn't have it, right? Don't read into this too much. Um, but it does kind of show like, yeah, Cease isn't <laughs> Cease isn't a super polished entity. But, uh, you know, this is not going to be replicated. Uh, this was an anomaly here. Um, two more here. We have Logan Gilbert uh, and Michael Grove going against each other. We watched this one. Uh, <laughs> Logan Gilbert, I was looking for the splitter. And what do you know? It isn't a consistent pitch. And I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to rely on it being a, a, a reliable pitch for him. It's just, that's what splitters do, guys. Uh, Michael Grove, solid three innings, and I've been focusing a lot on the SP6 situation for the Dodgers. You have Gonsolin rolling his ankle for opening day, but Chapman made a really good point. Um, Freshmore mentioned that, uh, sorry, a future warm mentioned that Gonsolin, sorry, the Dodgers don't need a fifth starter for a while. Apologize for that. So they might just still have Gonsolin and they might not call in Ryan Papillo or Michael Grove to start in the beginning of the year if Gonsolin isn't ready for the first pass of the rotation. Now, I think that Michael Grove is talented enough to do well here. He's got a good, really good curveball. Got a slider 0-2 inside for a strikeout as well. Fastball wasn't really getting whiffs up, but its overall command I think was pretty good. And I could see that being a really solid starter, especially for the Dodgers. Because the Dodgers are a winning ball club. They have a decent, decent defense behind them. There's a reason why their Babas were so low last year. It wasn't just pure luck. So I really do wonder if Michael Grove can all of a sudden show himself to be a solid get, even in a 12-teamer, when he gets those opportunities. It looked good here. We're going to see Ryan Papillo today. And we'll see who the SB6 is. Now keep in mind, there's also Gavin Stone and Bobby Miller. When Gavin Stone gets called up for the Dodgers, you want him on your team. It's him and Brandon Fought essentially. Cal Harrison probably too. Grayson Rodriguez is already there. Um, Yuri Perez, but that's going to be much longer, I think. Maybe Gavin Williams with the Guardians. But those are the ones on my radar at the moment. And uh, I'm just so curious to see how it plays out for the Dodgers. Um, That is it for yesterday's games. Looking forward to today's games. uh, We have an interesting crew to watch on TV. Not too many, you know, amazing ones. We have Clark Schmidt um, getting whiffs. I didn't mention this. Oh, I meant to mention it before. Right, Domingo Herman and Clark Schmidt are the SP4 and 5 now for the Yankees with Rodon at least out, push back at least one week, if not two. I'm I'm kind of imagining Rodon is going to be pitching April 25th, something like that. Uh, not a full month out, but delayed a good amount, right? Like three, four weeks delayed. So you're going to see Domingo Herman and Clark Schmidt uh, likely in the rotation out of the gate. Domingo Herman is throwing harder right now. I'm in on that one, more so than I am Clark Schmidt. Curious to see how the cutter performs today. Is he getting whiffs on the slider consistently as well? I want to also see sinkers inside. That's what they should be doing with him. Nick Pavetta is going, don't care. Michael Lorenzen, he's still going 40% sliders. Rich Hill, we want him to survive on the bump. I, 
We want to see Spencer Strider doing well. I don't care about the changeup with him. I really, really don't. Uh, Kevin Gosman's going. I'm curious if his fastball is still getting hit hard. It was 37% hard contact against lefties and 40% against righties last year. Regardless of what you want to say about the BABIP, that's not good. Um, Jameson Tyone, who that new breaker might be very, very interesting. Uh, Hunter Green, uh, does he have command of his fastball up in the zone? He did not have it last time. Uh, Drew Rosinski could be a really interesting Toby this year. Hopefully he does well. Uh, Ryan Papillo, as I mentioned, SB6. And Tyler Wells might be the SB6 for the Orioles. And PLB and Stuff Plus both like him. So, very curious to see how those play out. But that is it for today. Uh, one last mention is the SP6 for the Yankees with Herman and Schmidt as a 4 and 5 with Rodon out. That is Davy Garcia, who's 4.5 ticks harder on his four seamer this spring. Something to consider there. I'm, I'm very curious to see how that plays out. But all right, that is it for today. Uh, make sure you rate and review this podcast. Thank you all so much for supporting us with PL Basic, PL Plus, or PL Pro. Go check out all those subscription options at pitcherless.com slash premium. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.